0: Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com Since the fall of man, a war has raged between good and evil. Over the centuries, this war has distorted the truth. Now the truth is perceived as lies, and lies acknowledged as truth. To this day, the battle continues as we investigate and debate the truth behind the history and mystery of the universe. We are Paratruth Radio. Sleep paralysis. It's a horrifying experience. Doctors claim that it is nothing more than a natural phenomena, but there are many people who claim that their experience is much more sinister. Now Paratrooth presents Sleep Paralysis, Scientific Phenomena or Spiritual Attack.
1: What's going on folks? Welcome to another episode of Paratruth Radio right here on the Paratruth Radio Network. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Yeah. <laughs> so, welcome to another episode, folks. Uh, if you have not ever watched the YouTube videos, today is the day to do it. <laughs> After that one.
0: <laughs> not planned, by the way, folks. That was not planned. Any of, I don't think
1: know, we ever plan any of our shenanigans. I, I never know
0: what's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> on this show, you just never know what's going to happen. Absolutely and it is okay.
1: <laughs> so, folks, I... Uh, Before we get started, I did want to show you, I have an ectoplasm drink, if you're watching the YouTube video, and um, if you haven't checked out the... Paramixology videos, I do encourage you guys to do that, especially if you guys occasionally like to have a drink every once in a while. As we put in the videos, please drink responsibly, and it's for somebody who has an occasional drink, not somebody who wants to get an alcohol like drunken stupor mess. Uh, but uh, right. I do encourage you guys to check those out, because I, I think they're probably one of our more creative videos, uh compared to the the interview videos that we do for the show. So
0: how is well, it a completely different thing. Well, yeah. So I too. mean it, it, it's it, it's something just that we just wanted to do a little more not more fun, but it's a little different, you know, kind of fun. Uh, but you know just to check them out and you need to let us know what you guys think. So make sure you email us or message us or what if you text us and you're not supposed to have our number. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll block you. <laughs> that would be an, an odd thing to happen to us. Right? <laughs> and if you guys like the videos and you like the drinks, as Eric said, comment on them and then also share them because the only way they're going to gain any popularity is by you guys promoting the show. Um, and we do come from a different perspective. Instead of para fans, we do... Uh, paratropolis citizens of of <laughs> paramaxology
0: well, it used to be paraphans but you know our fan base is expanding so we needed a <laughs> we needed to buy a city so <laughs> paratropolis it is
1: and all of all of our fans live in that city <laughs> so uh for this uh this week so far how's it been for you
0: it's been alright. You know, just been working on scripts, uh getting ready for the forty eight hour film festival in Lynchburg, uh next weekend. Uh so that'll be that'll be fun and a doozy. I'm not going to be sleeping at all next weekend, which kinda sucks. But that's the life of a filmmaker, I suppose. Uh gotta love it. So yeah, that's pretty much all I'm doing, you know, just working on those things. Preparing and uh constantly constantly growing and working and growing and working in my career field. Uh which is, you know, not just, a, a lot of people say career and this and that because, you know, career or job, those are the things that people just, I don't know. like Some people like, they love their job and call it a career. But others will say, oh, it's my career, it's my, you know, field or whatever. And it's just, that's all it is. It's, you know, they could care less whether they're there or not.
1: Yeah. So the way that I, I look I'll at say, things is a job is something you're doing to pay the bills. The career is something you're passionate about and doing okay. for yourself.
0: Okay, fair enough. So I'm
1: living life. That's what I'm <laughs> gonna call it. So, <laughs> did you guys months. get your theme and all that already, or not yet? No,
0: none of we don't get any of that until Friday, July twelfth, which will be probably around seven p.m. at night. August twelfth. I'm sorry, August twelfth. We're going back in time to do this. <laughs> yeah, and, and then we wonder why I'm doing a radio show from my <laughs> parents' basement. I should be a billionaire right now, but no. <laughs> um, <laughs> if, I, if I, was able to come up with time, tra- uh, travel. travel, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, but no, we, August 12th, we'll find out, uh, the actual festival begins at 6 PM uh, on August 12th, probably get all of our information set by seven or eight. And then we have all day Saturday, all night Friday, all day Saturday, and then, uh, up until I think six or seven PM Sunday to complete everything. That's, you know, writing. Pre-production, producing, editing, and finally delivering the entire product. So right now, you know, we've been, my buddy mostly has been into the pre-production stuff right now, getting actors ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need, actually need to contact him about locations, figure out what we're doing there. But we'll probably be up Friday night into Saturday morning working on the script and doing storyboards and et our cetera, et cetera, shop maps. So we can just hopefully fly through it and do a good job. But enough about me. I mean, I'm awesome, but, you know, I don't want to hog the spotlight. So, what you up to, man?
1: Well, I finally have a job. Uh yeah. I was offered a job for the post office, so I'm super excited about that. Um, I just got to go through the usual background in drug testing, which, right. if I had yeah. anything to worry about, I wouldn't have had a job in the first place before, so... Um, so, super excited about that. Um, still trying to work on short stories, and uh, once I finally have some capital behind myself, I will start uh, looking towards getting the uh, publishing company started as well. So, I'm super excited about that as well. So, yeah, that's, that's about all that's been going on here, and, you know, the normal married life stuff, and all that mm-hmm. great stuff, so... I'm uh I'm looking forward to what the future has to bring. So I'm you and me both. Yeah. <laughs> so tonight, folks, we actually do have a topic like we always say we do tonight. <laughs> we have uh sleep paralysis. And Eric has had a little bit of experience with this, so I'm gonna have him start us out with uh where this phenomenon comes from, where he his feelings are on it, and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, as is in anything that we talk about, uh, there's always two sides to a story. Sometimes three, sometimes four. It's really crazy sometimes. Uh, but, you know, basically sleep paralysis is something that uh, doctors, I'll say in particular medical staff, have chalked up to simply be a natural phenomena which cause, is caused within us. Uh, usually due to trouble sleeping, whether it's lack, lack of sleep, sleep schedule changes, uh, Stress, mental disorders such as like bipolar disorder, um, sleeping disorders like narcolepsy. Exactly. Uh, sleeping on the back, uh, like sleeping on your back is sometimes a cause of it. Uh, ADHD, different medications that might be used, substance abuse, leg cramps. (laughs) The list goes on and on. It's crazy. Uh, and and of course it's hard to believe that like all of those, you know, such a long list. And yet, so many few people have actually experienced sleep paralysis, which is weird because everyone has, you know, any of those things on that list I just mentioned, somebody has experienced one or the one or more, you know. Um, so I feel like in this case, this is just a way for medical staff to really uh, broadly cover mm-hmm. what's, you know, this this idea of what sleep paralysis is, because on the flip side, many people believe that sleep paralysis isn't natural and that it's actually supernatural or paranormal in this case. Uh, but basically sleep paralysis, what is it? You know, sleep paralysis is a phenomenon in which, uh, in which when you're sleeping, you'll actually wake up, be aware of your surroundings, but will be incapable of moving. Or speaking, and or speaking, um, but it's all, very often both. You can't move or speak, uh, but you're very aware. And this can happen either as you fall asleep, in which case you become so relaxed that your body kind of shuts down for sleep. But then suddenly your mind awakens and your eyes are like, oh, and you're suddenly aware, but your body didn't respond at the same way. It also can happen as you're waking up from sleep. Hmm. Uh, and that has something to do with REM and NREM, which is rapid eye movement and non-rapid eye movement. Each one takes about 90 minutes uh, per cycle. Okay. Uh, so you start off in non, uh, rapid eye movement, I believe, mm-hmm. for 90 minutes, then you move into rapid eye movement for 90 mi- minutes, and then back to the NREM for another 90 before eventually waking up. Uh, the idea is that sometimes, though, the sleep paralysis happens when you wake up straight from REM and skip the whole NREM. So in which case, your body's still in NR, or still an REM, so your body's still quite frankly shut down and sleeping, mm. but your eyes, your mind, your awareness are awake all of a sudden, just like that. Uh which kind of jolts you into this, you know, a frightening case of not being able to move and feeling like there's something on top of you so on and so forth. Now doctors have claimed that part of sleep paralysis is the feeling of having somebody or something sitting on your chest, or feeling like you're choking or being choked, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, again, this is the medical explanation, and beside just telling us, you know, what they believe it is, and putting side, you know, they've done experiments, sure, but there's nothing significantly telling us like, oh, this is a for a fact what this is. Like, mm-hmm. there, there's no explanation as to why. We feel our chest is heavier. Why we feel like we're choking? there's no explanation why. You know, on the flip side, again, many people believe that there is a paranormal reason behind this, and that that reason is quite simply a demon. And that is probably one of the most common and notorious uh, views about sleep paralysis. There are people who don't even believe in God and the devil, but they still believe that there's this weird demon. This sits on your chest, and me and Justin have talked about the demon in the past, and it's known as the nightmare. Uh, I often call it just the mare, which is one of its names. Uh, and I believe the nightmare was first brought up by Henry uh, Fus- Fuseli, I believe, uh, in 1781, uh, and it was a classic depict one of his classic depictions of sleep paralysis, uh, which is perceived as a demonic visitation. Uh, and, and honestly, like. In my experience, that's what I, that's what I see. That's what I believe it is, is some kind of demonic entity that is causing us to wake up, be aware of our surroundings, but unable to move or speak. And though many may, I think many would agree with me that possibly both the medical reasoning and this reasoning of a demon could go hand in hand.
1: Well, look at how many times, how many times the medical field has tried to explain something that is of a paranormal type nature and they're giving a diagnosis but really they have no idea what it is Mm -hmm. and i mean they're they do give an explanation about the not being able to to breathe or you're having a hard time breathing the Research that I had done, they're saying that when you're in that REM sleep, you're, you're shallow breathing. So when you're having the bout of sleep paralysis, that your body is still in that REM style rhythm and you're having the shallow breathing, but you're thinking that somebody's pushing on your chest so that you cannot breathe. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to come from both perspectives on this because they can't even diagnose it properly. Like you Mm -hmm. said, they're using it as an umbrella thing for many different reasons why people are going through that. Mm -hmm. So, I did just want to touch base on that they do have an explanation for the breathing, but, like, from your particular instances, you have told me that you feel like you... You're not being able to breathe at all. Not even, it's hard to breathe. It's, you can't breathe. Right. So. Right,
0: right. Uh, and I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, in, in my re- sometimes you, folks, you know, uh, our research takes us different places. And in this case, I didn't find anything on, uh, you know, a medical reasoning between not being able to breathe and feeling choked or something like that. So that's good. Thank you, Justin, for bringing that up. And, uh, uh, Giving me a little more, uh, I don't know what's the, intelligence, I guess, on, on the subject. A little more knowledge. Yeah. Uh, a little bit more knowledge on the subject. Um, so I appreciate that. But what's interesting, and this kind of lines up with many of my stories, which I've, you know, we've talked about my stories in the past and we'll talk about it more today. But many people who witness or suffer from, or I should say experience, not witness, but experience or suffer from sleep paralysis, often experience something else happening at the same time Mm -hmm. and it is often more than just not being able to speak or move or breathe they're actually witnessing seeing something in the room with them which invites the question what exactly is it that we're dealing with is it just a natural cause or is there something that truly is paranormal or supernatural is it happen? I didn't even know what I was saying, <laughs> but or is it something supernatural or paranormal causing these symptoms to happen? Uh, and as I, as I was saying earlier, I think they could go one in the same maybe because if sleep paralysis is a natural cause, who's to say demons don't know what's happening or about to happen or that they can't cause it to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, we know that demons, they're supernatural creatures. They're, you know, Originally created by God, they're all angels at one point. And so we can believe, I think it's safe to believe that they have the ability to cause the sleep paralysis without even, you know, sitting on us literally or anything like that. Maybe just giving us a nudge to wake us up in a certain way, you know. I don't know how exactly, I you know, uh, I don't understand that particular realm by any means. But it is possible that they can cause or at least begin the process of sleep paralysis and then continue to act along with it. In my personal story, and I'll just keep it real short here, every time I go through sleep paralysis recently, now I've had sleep paralysis once where nothing happened. I was just couldn't move and but I was fine. I was comfortable. I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. I knew what was going on around me, but I wasn't freaking out. But lately I've been freaking out a lot. And oftentimes I know when it's about to happen. Cause I wake up and I can hear something swooshing. It's like whoosh, whoosh, from one side of my bed to the other side across my face. I could hear it in my right ear and it moves to my left ear. Uh, and keeps doing that. Then suddenly I feel this overwhelming dread and that's when I feel the pressure down on top of my throat or on top of my chest. Uh, and I often see shadows or things moving. Uh, one night I actually, or one morning I should say, I saw a shadow sitting on my chest. I thought it was my cat, it was not my cat. Uh, it was black, um, had ears similar to a cat, uh, but it was tiny. Uh, But my cat was in the other room because I eventually broke free and woke, you know, completely free to move and everything. And when I sat up, my cat was in the other room. Uh, So it wasn't my cat. You know, so these are things that are interesting and you
1: have to question. What exactly is going on here then? Mm -hmm. Well, before we get into that, um, I think we'll take our first break. But uh, the one thing that we'll get into is there is scientific Research, research I'll use that term loosely because, as I said before, we have tried to explain paranormal or supernatural occurrences with science before, and it's just we don't, we don't understand it, so we try and diagnose it. But uh, we'll go over that after our first break here, folks. You've been listening to Paratruth Radio right here on the Paratruth Radio Network. We are going to hear Eric's Random Fact of the Day, and we will be right back.
0: This one is from my wonderful cousin and co host. Did you know that the U.S. Postal Service is the largest postal service in the world? In fact, it is so large that it handles 47% of the entire world's mail, according to (laughs) FactSlides.com. The news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news
1: daily. Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And just before break, uh, Eric was giving his account of his personal experience with uh, sleep paralysis, And he was talking about the the one time that he had it happen. He was calm. There was nothing going on. He knew what was happening, and he just snapped out of it, so to speak, and was fine. And then after that, he's been having uh, dreadful feelings come across him and have things sitting on his chest that he can physically see. And just this knowledge, if you will that there's a presence in the room with him. So what science will explain this as is there's hallucinations that are supposedly linked to sleep paralysis. Some of the the research that I saw is that your your brain is still in that REM mode so it's playing out dreams kind of while you're awake, I guess. And some people will attribute it to kind of like that insomnia effect where people are up for so long they start hallucinating so the brain starts playing tricks on itself and basically having dreams happen in reality mm-hmm. and from both sides of it you know you're you're saying you came from two different times where one was calm one was not and you've been having it where it's not more often mm-hmm. and from a scientific perspective it would kind of make sense why it would happen more often after it happened once because you're having the anxiety of it happening so all of a sudden you're constantly feeling like it's happening every time but from when you ha- had it happen once and you were calm begs the question what is really happening so what what are your thoughts on it well he, here's the thing yes you know I, first of all
0: i think a lot of these uh diagnoses that come from doctors uh, are, are coming from people who never really experienced the paralysis on their own uh because i feel like they have a little bit different of a take on it maybe uh a lot of the, a lot of people even people who uh study a psychological disorder you know they themselves study it but never have ex- actually experienced it themselves so they can't really fully delve into it as much as others can you know or completely understand it now I'm not saying that they all come from that you know from not understanding I'm sure there's plenty of doctors out there who have or anyone who's witnessed it or experienced it but the thing is if it is simply dreams playing out before our eyes which is weird to, you know it's like you're casting shadows yourself or a movie screen if you will. What about all the noises? Cuz apparently we're completely aware, aware to our surroundings. Mm-hmm. And yet we're still hallucinating, still hearing things which means we can't be fully aware of our surroundings. We must still be in some kind of sleep. So you can't have both. You got to be one or the other. Uh and oftentimes I always hear things. And not just the swishing. I can hear uh you know books being moved. <laughs> Things rattling on the counter, you know, stuff like that. Knocks on the on the walls. And I know there's plenty of people out there who've experienced the same thing. I have two friends who've both experienced similar stuff. Okay. Um. Uh. And I know my one friend, you know, even was at the point where he saw something and he reached up and grabbed it. Eventually, broke it and grabbed it, and he could feel a mass that he was holding on to, and it just slipped away. Um. You know. So. So what does that mean? I mean, is there is there some kind of scientific explanation for that as well? Probably not. Um, but, but you know, if there's any scientists or doctors out there who would like to explain that away, please feel free to message us or contact us because
1: uh, we'd love to share your view and opinion for everyone out there. Um, right. A lot of the stuff that I came across, I mean, I did come across a article on WebMD, which I don't really believe in WebMD because that just gives people the excuse to diagnose themselves. And then they've got testicular cancer, and they're a woman. So, <laughs> well, nowadays, you never know. <laughs> you. But uh point being is WebMD is kind of like the Wikipedia of, of research. So I did do other research, which I will provide you guys the links and everything in our show notes as well as it'll be on our website as well to uh, see where we got our, our research done. And I, it's hard to come from a scientific perspective which i think there is both because obviously if you had two different different occurrences actually probably more than that but two types of occurrences i should say and one was calm one was you're having all these different things happening to you there has to be a, a side to both mm-hmm. both both things because you can't be calm but then all of a sudden you're having hallucinations the second time you have it happen. Well,
0: and, and think of it this way. What about those people? Now, there's two types of people. There's people who just have sleep paralysis, okay? And they're probably much like uh, the scientists are thinking, oh, it's just a natural cause. You're not going to ha- handle it, so on and so forth. It's scary, but so on and so, you know, whatever. Uh, there's other people who believe it's demons and, you know, they're sticking with it for whatever reason they have.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's still others Who actually experience things in their home happening, paranormal, while they're wide awake, go to sleep, and then end up suffering from sleep paralysis as well. So you have Mm -hmm. two things combining together, you know. And it's like, okay, well, if the sleep paralysis isn't a demon, but yet you're still witnessing paranormal activity within your home, then what is it? It can't just be a coincidence. Obviously, there's something happening here.
1: Right, and that's my point, is if you if, if for example you had the the bout of you had sleep paralysis but you were calm you weren't hearing anything you you hadn't had any paranormal experiences in the area that you had the sleep paralysis happen <clears throat> what what is that explanation compared to cuz every explanation that i have saw the symptoms are you're feeling like somebody's pushing on your chest you're having right. hallucinations that are "Quote unquote" hallucinations that there is something or someone in the room with you, Mm -hmm. and you know it's one of those things that where I'm thinking it comes from both perspectives, and like you said, it it could be one and the same. Right? You know, science is trying to explain something that they don't even have the slightest clue of what's causing it. Right. Well, and think about
0: it, like say for those uh, paranormal investigators out there you and I used to be you know be out there in the field doing stuff uh, but what about those instances in which you and I both witnessed things you know we've both seen shadows we both mm. have felt things we've done this done that I mean science will explain it away as oh somebody walked by or oh you got scared and so you felt you know the hair on the back of your neck or something like that or but mass hysteria I, when more than one person or mass hysteria but you and I both know very differently because we know what our state was at the time. I and, mean, you know, you and I are both very healthy people, work out all the time. So we're not usually, even when we're sleep deprived, are pretty well aware of everything right. going on. Uh, and that's the, one of the big benefits of being healthy. You know, it, we're able to focus a little more than what non-healthy people can if they're sleep deprived or, you know, spending long hours doing this and doing that. But you and I have witnessed things that simply cannot be explained away by science. It is simply paranormal or supernatural or just simply unnatural, Uh, something that cannot be explained. Um, And so if that's the case, if we're able to see these things, I mean, for me, uh, basically comparing everything that's happened in the past with my own proud problems uh, or issues dealing with demonic entities mm. uh with the with our investigations and the things we witnessed with the things you witnessed and the stories you've told me from our investigations uh and then leading all the way up to the sleep paralysis and everything that's going on there it just all seems to go hand in hand and they're all very similar in different ways uh so i personally don't think science can fully explain the way i think science is you know science is science they're always going to do anything they can to explain the supernatural away mm. uh You know, it's because they can't fathom it. They're incapable, Um, and that sounds harsh, but it's true. A lot of scientists out there are incapable of fathoming the existence of God or the paranormal, the supernatural, so on and so forth. Uh, Anything that's outside of what we can see physically,
1: right? Um, Anything outside the normal, if you will, because in my opinion, there's no such thing as normal anymore.
0: Well, no, no,
1: there's no such, such thing as normal, but at the same time, it's like. Alright,
0: this is taking us on a little bit. This is a small, small rabbit trail, not huge, it's just a little off. But you know, you think of scientists who try to explain away these things that are unseen, you know, uh, these things that we feel and so on and so forth. But for example, what is love? You know, you can't see love, you can't touch love, and yet we all know it exists in some form or another, you know? So we all know it exists in some form or another. I think my cat's eating a spider. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about you.
1: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you know, for all see, you cat go. lovers out there, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: you know. You, Science can't fully explain love. Now they'll say, oh, it's the hormones and this and that and
1: blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. blah but come on. There, there's, love goes so much deeper than that. We know that. You know, oh, if it was it's going to sound weird. If it was just hormones, it would be just a an attraction. It'd where, be an attraction.
0: Exactly. And but it's like, an emotion okay.
1: that goes deeper. right? Exactly.
0: Exactly. Because it's like, all right, yeah. You know, you, you're an attraction. Like you and Shelly, for example. Okay. Maybe you can explain that to a certain extent scientifically, right? Mm-hmm. But what about you and a pet, you know? What about you, you know, you, you love your cat or your dog or, you know, whatever. You don't love them in the same way by any means. But you right. would still do pretty much anything you can for them because you love them
1: dearly. They still become you, part of the family.
0: Yeah, they're part of the family. You can't explain that kind of love quite the same way, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you certainly can't explain God's love. <laughs> you know, that's just unfathomable. Right. But so, yeah, I think, you know, it's hard to explain some of these things that are supernatural and paranormal, and I think sometimes these scientists are just really digging holes, you know? Right. What do you think?
1: Well, like I said, doctors and scientists are trying to explain a paranormal, sometimes, and a paranormal occurrence, and that is just the, the human side of us trying to explain something that isn't... What we are taught to understand and right. believe in. Right. As far as the sleep paralysis is concerned, I can see where both perspectives are coming from. And in your particular case, it, the sleep paralysis bout didn't stop until you prayed for help. In some right. of them, anyways, I believe. Right, right. Some of them. Right. Yeah. So that's where the line is crossing, not only did you have two separate types of occurrences, but in the occurrences where you're having anxiety, where you're hearing things and seeing things that are in the room with you, and then mm-hmm. you're asking for help, that's when it stops. Mm-hmm. There has to be more to it than, oh, my body is is uh, hallucinating. Right and that the and you know people will scientists and doctors would say oh that's just coincidence. You and I both believe that yes, there is maybe sometimes coincidence, but I I believe there is not always. Such a thing as coincidence.
0: There's not always such a thing as coincidence. And it's such a case of praying and something like, something like that happening. I've had a lot of experiences with praying, not just in regards to, you know, these experiences of sleep paralysis and the paranormal, but even on mission trips, you know, praying for certain things, for certain people, so on and so forth. I just see things happen. God works, you know, mysteriously. Um, and sometimes very greatly and boldly, you know, for everyone to see. But what's also interesting about some of these, uh, Instances in which I've had sleep paralysis is that they happen multiple times in a single night uh, or a single morning within you know an hour. Right. I can I can it can happen two three four times in a row, mm-hmm. which again is still really 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 weird to have that happen so many times in a single night. Right. You know, and I, I haven't come across any cases in which I've you know seen such things happening. I know there are cases in which people will go, uh, enter sleep paralysis at a certain time of night. Multiple nights in a row, Mm. 3 a.m. often being one, 1 a.m. being another. I mean, how is that coincidence? Like, I mean, yeah, your body more or less knows what time it is, but that's just kind of weird, you know? Your body's not telling yourself, hey, let's go into sleep paralysis mode.
1: (laughs) Well, and I mean, I'm sure, like, coming from the scientific perspective, (laughs) stress can play a huge part of it as well. And that can be said about any type of medical problem that there is so like in those instances where you like for example where you were calm and then the next time it was anxious and hearing things was there any type of stress difference between those two times that it happened I mean, I
0: couldn't tell you to be honest. I don't,
1: I don't know. Uh, I remember the first time it
0: happened. I just got off of work from uh, the dealership I used to work at. Mm -hmm. Came home for for lunch, I believe. Fell asleep on the couch. My sister was in the other room, in the living room, watching TV. Uh, I, not the couch. I fell asleep on the bed, my bed, in my bed, in my bedroom. Uh, fell asleep on the end. My legs are actually hanging off the end of the bed because I was just like, whatever. Uh, woke up, heard the TV, knew she was in there, knew everything was going on. I was like, oh, this is really weird. I can't move, you know? And I was like, okay, I'm just going to try to go back to sleep. And I did. And I woke up just a few minutes later, perfectly fine. Uh, the other times, I started witnessing things, you know, started seeing things, hearing things, feeling things, so on and so forth, which made a big difference. Um, one thing that's also I think important to know, because I it's weird, but on some of the evidence or experiments, I guess, they one of the possible reasons for having sleep paralysis is sleeping on your back. Now the majority of the uh, paralysis I've endured or had to go through, I was on my back, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. But there's multiple cases, two or three cases, in which I was on my stomach. None
1: of which I was on my side, um, and that's because I'm typically not much of a side sleeper. That was going to be my next question. What is your typical area of sleep? Right. Uh, so, you know, again, it, it's it's interesting that.
0: Like, sleeping on your stomach is not one of the, one of the normal causes, you know, it's not brought up in any of the records, you know. And yet, I've slept on my stomach and I've had it two or three times. Um, but as for stress, I mean, you know, stress, for you know, me, I mean, stress is always up. I'm, uh, clinically diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder. There's stress all the time. Uh, levels of stress all the time. It's constantly fluctuating. Mm. And I've been dealing with it for years. But it's only happened recently, really, that's been such a big deal. Over the last year or so that it's really been happening. Uh, and that's only started happening after witnessing uh, some paranormal activity at my apartment back in Virginia. Um, which, again, something else that kind of lines up. Another coincidence, if you will, or whatever you want to call it. But I'm witnessing paranormal activity, and then suddenly sleep paralysis. With possible paranormal activity happening, on which I'm seeing and hearing and so on and mm-hmm. so forth.
1: So... And uh, I know you. Go ahead. I was just gonna say that's that's why this particular case kind of lines up to there. There was a time where y- you were calm. You knew y- you thought it was weird, but you knew you know you just couldn't move or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then this particular instance where you're having it happen at your home in Virginia, where you are witnessing paranormal phenomenon, mm-hmm. and then it's. Happening, and then you're witnessing it on top of already, you know, freaking out because you are right. you can't move. Now, and, and
0: here's the thing, and, and, you know, this might be way out in the left field. Um, first and foremost, I think it is possible to, you know, there is a medical explanation behind it, I believe. I believe that's my very first, the very first time I ever, you know, witnessed it was simply that it mm-hmm. just happened. The rest of the times are obviously paranormal. What if and this is way out in left field again, folks? Uh but what if when we're in sleep paralysis? You know, we're talking about hallucinations and this and that. But what if our mind and our body are in such a state that our spirit is capable and this is getting kind of metaphysical, so you know, it for me it's weird saying it. But what if we're in such a weird place that spiritually we can actually see into another dimension to some, to some extent. And that's why some people are seeing these demonic, this demonic entities sitting on the chest or standing in the corners and the shadows and this and that. Cause normally you only see shadows out the corner of your eyes, which is the infrared status right. uh, of the eyeball. But when you're in sleep paralysis and you see shadows, you're usually seeing them straight on. Now I've seen shadows straight on plenty of times. I've seen large masses in my house. You know, I've shared this before. But it happens more frequently, I think, in, when you're in sleep paralysis. And what I would like, I would like to do is, I know a few people who are, who have had sleep paralysis, I'd like to maybe get them to record something, or just give a statement that we can share next week on the show, at the beginning of the show, uh, regarding this, um, just to see how they match up, if they tend to witness stuff more, you know, in sleep paralysis than they do. But what do you think about this whole medical, metaphysical type of thing happening? You think there's a possibility that, Spiritually speaking, when we're in the paralysis, we're capable, for whatever reason, to see beyond our normal plane and into another
1: plane. Well, I I actually did come across this in the research as well where there's people that are saying that we're I guess leaving our bodies. Kind of like an astral projection Type thing, but it's it's different than than that. It didn't say astral projection. It said out of. I think it said out of body experience is what out of I body experience. Yeah. Uh. So, but I, I mean, I honestly believe that when you're sleeping, a lot of it's hard to explain this because it's kind of going into dreams like what what are dreams are dreams just part of our subconscious telling us things that are wrong or what we think are wrong or is there other parts to it where we're seeing into another dimension is there are we seeing a a reality that is being granted to us to see um i i think that is a possibility and if you're coming out of that REM sleep, it's like jerking you out of it because you're, you're frozen basically in your bed and you can't move. And so then you're in that altered mind state to begin with. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're supposed to be dreaming and you know you're supposed to be dreaming, but all of a sudden you're awake. So that's where, that's why it's hard to determine what that part is is because you know science is saying you know it's hallucin- hallucinations right. because we are, we're we're kind of coming out of that sleep state and all of a sudden we're awake um in in my personal opinion I believe that we are seeing into other dimensions other states of reality while we're sleeping so I think that it could be a good possibility
0: mm-hmm. I mean and like for me you know I'll, I mean, I'll see a shadow here and
1: there, but when I'm in the sleep paralysis,
0: I can see these shadows pretty clearly and hear things pretty clearly. As soon as, I, and I'm awake, right? Obviously, because I'm aware. Mm-hmm. When I break free, I'm, I don't fall asleep again, and then suddenly, oh, wake up and I'm good to go. I'm up the entire time, and suddenly I'm like, boom, free, I can move and do this and do that. Suddenly, shadows are gone, this is gone, that's gone, everything's gone. Why? You know, is it because I went from one plane to the next? Not literally in another plane, but, you know, starting to see that cross barrier? Right. Uh, but also, on top of this, on top of all of this, explain deja vu. What is deja vu? Right. I know scientists have, scientists have said, oh, this is something that you literally just saw and the brain didn't process it fast enough and when it did, it all connected like, oh, okay, wait, deja vu. Oh, I've seen this before. Yeah, because you saw it like two seconds ago. But I don't believe that at all because there are times, which is really crazy, and folks, I know it's what some of you are probably thinking, I'm not psychic, not a medium by any means, but there are times... On rare occasion, we all have deja vu and can can predict what's going to happen next, and it happens. Now, those of you who say, "Yeah, you're psychic," blah blah blah, no, get get out of here. Uh, but the one thing I know for a fact, based on scripture and you know, uh, based on a um, theology of a scripture and so on and so forth, God never sleeps, right? We know that that's biblical. God never ever sleeps. The devil never sleeps. If they never sleep, and even just angels never sleep, and God breathed His spirit into man, that means our spirit most likely doesn't sleep. Mm. Which means even when our bodies sleep, our spirit's still wide awake. Uh, which could be caused partly uh, causes some of the, some of the dreams that we have, uh, especially those of which are deja vu for whatever reason. Uh, not that we – I don't believe that we are capable personally ourselves to see the future by any means. I think any ability to see the future is strictly uh, based on God's uh, given knowledge, foreknowledge to us or whatever. Um, and he does that – for whatever reason to certain individuals on occasion, you know, it's not like the prophets back in the day. Prophets don't exist anymore, folks. They're gone. Um, we know what's gonna happen. If that's all that matters. God doesn't send any more prophets anymore. There's no need for them. But the whole idea of deja vu is just kinda weird and kinda, I think it kinda links up with the soul seek paralysis and the idea of this, uh, uh, being able to see a projection to another realm and, you know, seeing these these uh, shadows and hearing these noises, so on and so forth. I mean mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if I explained that very well at all or if you even are on track with me. Yeah. But I'm what do you think? About, what do you think what do you think about that?
1: Well, coming from the other side where I, I do believe that I, not necessarily can see the future like a I I think we can see the future and that God does grant us that. Um I I do think that mediums and psychics can do that, but that's, you know, my personal opinion compared to yours. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that all of us are probably capable of doing it. And maybe that has to do like from a kind of Christian perspective where we, we do have the, the soul breathed into us by God. So, um, you know, he is granting us that because it, we are a part of him and he's a part of us. And when you're in that sleep paralysis mode, why all of a sudden would we all of a sudden be able to see into another dimension or alternate reality or whatever? I think that, like you're saying, you know, maybe the soul doesn't or the spirit doesn't sleep. So we're already in that area of where we would be able to see that in our spirit. And since our body is kind of disconnected at that point from, I kind of this kind of goes into well, where does the soul really reside? <laughs> <laughs> to because you know, the, the, supposedly it's the brain waking up, but the body's not responding right away. <laughs> and um, but I, I can see where you're coming from with that. And I get, you don't believe that mediums are, are seeing the future and seeing into other realities that they're talking, the demons, not human spirits. And for you to admit that th- that's a possibility is a, a huge thing because it, it can be hard to determine what's, what's going on. Right.
0: And I, you know, for, for those of you who, you know, are a strong, uh, Faith followers, and I don't want you to think like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm giving into this whole, uh, conspiracy that, you know, we must be able to see the future or, or look into other dimensions or whatever. Now, again, it's simply something that I'm willing to keep my mind open to an extent. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it has no, no basis whatsoever on my personal faith. Right. Even, you you're not
1: really basing you know, it on scripture per se. You're just, no, it's not
0: based it on scripture. Stuff. It's my own, in my own thought, you know, my human thoughts of what I'm thinking. Um, And by no means, you know, is it based off of any of my true beliefs. In the end, I'll throw it out. In the very end, I I don't. It's not. It's worth nothing to me. You know, I'll never hold on to it. You know, somebody wants to make an argument with me, argue with me, and say, "Oh, you know, you're wrong because whatever." I'll say, "Okay, that's fine. I'm wrong. Get rid of it because it doesn't care. It doesn't matter. It's just what I'm thinking. I'm not saying I believe it, but it's what I'm thinking is a possibility. Mm -hmm. And you know, with God, all things are possible." And of course, not all these things are God given. Um, you know, like, like Justin said, he believes psychics and mediums that you know that stuff is God given. Obviously, through the scriptures, those of you who read the Holy Bible know that God strictly says they are not God given. He doesn't give the ability to speak to demons or to speak to uh, ghosts or any of that to people to see the future. It's a God's. It's God and God alone who does it, and He gives uh, the ability of prophecy to certain individuals throughout the Old Testament and part of the New Testament. But the scripture clearly states that after the last revelation, which was the book of Revelation, for those of you who read it, that would be the final prophecy made uh, for all mankind. There would be no more prophets. There's no need for them because we've seen it all laid out in the book of the Bible. And that's all we need to know. Period. Uh, so, you know, and I'm taking all that from scripture. Right, right. Um But yeah, you know, everyone's free to their own opinions, though, saved or not. Uh, it's not necessarily... Those things that question your salvation is simply whether or not you believe Jesus Christ uh was sent by God in human flesh to die on the cross for your sins. And then after dying for your sins, he rose three days later, three days yeah, three days later, and fully restored us to heaven, for that those who believe in Jesus Christ and call on his name shall be saved. Forever and eternity. Uh, those are, that's, that's it. That's all you need to believe. You need to believe that. Scripture says it plain and straight. The book of Acts, Paul tells it to, to a couple who says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Boom. Uh, of course, everyone who believes in works and all that stuff, you know, works are important and that follows with the true Christian, uh, salvation, uh, true salvation in Christ. Uh, works just happen, but you know, if you don't believe in God, but you're just trying to be a good person to get to heaven, it's never going to happen. But, you know, on that note, I think we're going to take our second and last break here for the evening. Folks, you are listening to Paratruth Radio. We will be right back after Justin's Paranormal Headlines. And now, Paratruth Radio's Paranormal Headlines.
1: What's going on, parafans? Justin here with your Paranormal Headlines. And these headlines are from unexplainedmysteries.com. Mystery surrounds missing craters on Cirrus. Scientists have been attempting to determine why the dwarf planet Cirrus has no large craters at all. The closest of all known dwarf planets, Cirrus is the largest object in the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. It was visited for the first time back in 2015 by NASA's Dawn spacecraft, which returned copious amounts of data, including photographs of mysterious bright spots on the planet's surface, which were believed to be the result of briny water sublimating and leaving salt deposits behind. These surface anomalies, however, are not the only mysteries on Cirrus. Scientists analyzing the planet's surface features quickly realized that while there are numerous small craters dotted around, larger craters exceeding 250 miles across are totally absent. Cirrus is thought to have formed at the dawn of the solar system, some 1 to 10 million years or so after the onset of formation, said researcher Simone Marchi. Thus, Cirrus is a witness to the tumultuous early days where collisions were much more frequent and violent than today. So how did this tiny world manage to avoid being hit? The answer scientists believe is that it didn't. It was hit just as predicted. The reason the craters are missing now is because some form of geological process must have filled them in afterwards. Cryovolcanoes spewing out icy water from the planet's interior could help to explain this. White Whale Migaloo spotted near Queensland Miglou, one of the only four known white humpbacks in existence, has surfaced once again near Australia. First spotted all the way back in 1985, this incredibly rare albino whale has been seen again this week traveling north along the coast of Queensland during his annual migration. His presence has managed to generate a great deal of media attention in the area, so much so, in fact, that authorities have had to issue a reminder about the rules previously put in place to prevent helicopters, drones, and vessels from venturing too close and spooking him. These are special management marine mammals, which means boats and prohibited vessels must not approach within 500 meters and aircraft cannot approach within 610 meters without authorization, said Environmental Minister Dr. Stephen Miles. These rules are in place to protect the whales and give them safe passage during their migration along the Queensland coast. It's what every whale watcher dreams of, but it is really important that this animal's space is respected and no undue distress is caused. And this has been Justin with your paranormal headlines.
0: This was a segment of Parachute Radio's paranormal headlines. What's up, folks? Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we have been speaking about sleep paralysis. What is it? Uh, What is the case behind it? What do different people groups believe? Yeah, that's pretty much been our entire conversation so far. Uh, We've even dabbled in uh, mediumship and psychic uh, abilities and prophecy and deja vu uh, so a lot of different branches to this whole sea paralysis thing. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's a tree of many roots in this case. Yeah, there, there Plenty of rabbit trails to know, go through. <laughs> there are plenty of rabbit trails, but you know, they're all connected to a central place. So, you know, that, which is good because many of our rabbit trails just aren't. So, <laughs> but yeah, during break, you had mentioned that, uh, you know, we, we just talked a little bit about how I didn't think there'd be much conversation in regards to sleep paralysis, just between you and I, you know. Right. Uh, it's one thing if we have a guest down who wrote a book about it or studied it and so on and so forth, like really studied it. You know, yeah. you and I haven't studied it for years and years and years. Um, so I was a little hesitant at the beginning of the show whether or not we'd have much to talk about. And sure enough, we have a ton to talk about. Uh, we did the research. I've experienced plenty of things. Uh, and you've actually been allowing me to talk a lot. So... And that's because I've experienced this. You, on the other hand, have not experienced it whatsoever. Right. So, therefore, coming from the outside, being an outsider, uh, and he- hearing the different testimonies of different people, whether they're friends or just reading stories and so on and so forth, uh, what do you think it is that they're witnessing? On your own personal, you, you know, your bias. It's all about you. Don't worry about what doctors say and all that. Uh,
1: well... Seeing as, th- and there were cases where it's two different types of occurrences like y- you had, I think that there is a difference between, I mean, there is two types. There's the scientific kind where it's your body just all of a sudden waking, or your mind all of a sudden waking up and then your body doesn't respond right away. But then there is the side of, you know, people supposedly having hallucinations and hearing things. I think that is a, a spiritual in nature type of thing does it does it mean that in my perspective does it mean that it's demons compared to some other type of spirit or you know rascally creature like a fairy or whatever uh i i think it's some type of spiritual uh, attack in nature what it what is doing it i don't know it could it be demonic in nature Sure, I'm willing to to believe that because I do come from a, a Christian perspe- per- blah, 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 perspective Rewind perspective it. per se because I, I that's the the faith that I follow but is is could it be something else? I'm willing to believe that yeah, it could be something other than demons in nature. Mm-hmm. But that kind of goes along the lines what are these other things? Are they demons playing into these stories or is there really something other out, out there other than angels and demons? Right. But yes, I think that there is a significant difference between the two types and that there is a logical explanation to the first type. The second type where people are supposedly having hallucinations, I think that's science trying to write it off as nothing more than the body playing tricks on you. Okay.
0: Well, and, and, you know, and to kind of branch off just what you're saying, because you're saying, you know, what exactly is this? What exactly is that? As you move further and further and deeper and deeper into it, you know, how does it expand Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and and form and so on and so forth? But if it were if it is demons or if it, uh, you know, whatever, if it is demons, then why? Why do the demons choose to paralysis? What is their end game? You know, is it simply to scare people? Is it because they have some other type of agenda? Whatever it may be, I don't know. You know, what exactly is it? And that's something I think that...
1: Well, I think if it's demons, to me, I believe they feed off of fear. So that's just another way that they're using to, to feed off of you.
0: Yeah, I'll give you that. I I I totally agree with that. I mean, I believe they feed off of fear as well, fear and uh you know, uh depression, dark darkness. Basically, mm. is what they feed off. Of. And, you know, there's so many things that fall into that category of darkness. Um.
1: So yeah, you know, and and I think for now like for non like for example, we talk a lot about you know demons being deceptive. What what? Why would sleep paralysis or how would sleep paralysis be a deceptive? Type of thing, other than doctors trying to diagnose you with something that you truly don't have.
0: Okay, so and I have an answer for that, and I think I'll try to answer for both sides, for both the Christian.
1: Did you hear that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> She's playing music now. <laughs>
0: Spade slapped oh. smudge so off the couch, and she fell into the uh, uh, the, you know, the fence that goes around the fireplace. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um speaking well <laughs> <laughs> all right so I I kind of I think kind of have an answer for both sides both the Christian side and the non-christian side here uh for the non-christian side uh for, for those other than the medical thing for those who are non-christian but believe it might be some kind of dark entity or am certain because there are plenty of people who believe in demons and don't believe in God or angels okay mm-hmm. uh for so for those people uh who who don't Buy into the whole medical reasoning thing. I think the deceptive part here is to show that they are weak. You know, the demons are trying to show the person that they are weak, that there is nobody there to help them, they're all alone, that they live in this dark, gloomy world and they're stuck there. Uh, you know, and and of course the more fear, you know, the more afraid you become, the harder it is to call out to God, because you're just too scared, you know, you, and for those who don't believe in God, obviously you're not going to call out to him. Right. So that that's my idea of deception for that side. Uh, for the Christian side, I think the thing of deception is very similar. For those who believe in God, the demon wants to show that, hey, God's not going to help you. You can call on him all you want. He's not here. Look, he's allowing me to push you around and do whatever I want. God doesn't exist. God doesn't love you, so on and so forth. So I think that's where the deception comes in in that case, because we know that the end game, we know the end game. I mean, we really do know the end game of all demons and of Satan himself. It is to draw the believer away from God and to keep the non-believer away from God. So one's to draw the believer away. The other is to keep the non-believer away. Uh, that's the end game. Satan decided and knows he can't destroy God, even though he's going to try. We see that in the book of Revelation. He knows the truth, but he's too prideful to give into it. So the best way to get to God is to get to his children. The more people he can bring to hell with him, the more he can hurt God, that, you know, in that sense. So that's the end game for the devil. But we know the end game, the true end game, which God has already stated that obviously in the end, the devil loses. They all burn in hell, literally, uh, forever and ever. But I think that, I think those are the deceptions there in in that case, you know, why, why they're doing what they're doing. Even even if they're not out of their way to deceive, they're just out of, they're going out of their way to, to cause fear, to cause mischief, to cause mayhem, so on and so forth. I mean, how many, cases have we seen, both in demonic cases and those who just believe in poltergeists and normal parent you know, human spirits if you, you know, those of you who believe in that. Um, How many people become so hysterical that they can't stay in their house anymore? That they don't think they can find help? That they just can't live anymore due to it? How many people have committed suicide due to these paranormal uh, uh,
1: uh, influences, if you will. You know, there are cases in which people have committed suicide. Um, Look at the Amityville horror. Not necessarily that they committed suicide, but they were driven to... Be- homo- even homicide, even. You know, like, people are driven
0: by spiritual forces. That's why the Bible says that the fight is not against flesh, uh isn't flesh against flesh, but is against spiritual forces. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's not against you and me. It's against the spiritual forces around you and me. They're the ones who are pushing us and dividing us and doing this and doing that. And of course in this world today we know based on uh, the news, uh, CNN is one of the big ones. Fox, you know, broadcasted as well. We see a lot of people who are constantly saying, don't pray, don't pray, don't pray. Do something about it. You know, physically come out and do something. Praying isn't going to help. There is no God. We don't believe in God. We don't want God in America anymore. We don't got, want God on our dollar bills anymore. You know, God we trust, and God we trust. What about those of us who don't believe in God? You know, they're trying to get rid of God. And I think that's exactly what the devil's game is. Um, you know what was really interesting? And actually, I, I actually listened to one of the episodes from Talk Supernatural today. Oh, and it's interesting that they had mentioned that if you look at today's times, you look, you really do your research, uh, you'll notice that Christianity is starting to pick up a bit. Okay, you're starting to see more Christians come out and say things. You're starting to see uh, a movement in the church, you know, in certain areas. At the same time, you're seeing a lot of evil rise up. You're seeing a lot of darkness happen, a lot of darkness happen. And as, uh, Scott and Heidi were saying, you know, it seems like the two sides of the spiritual war, if you will, are becoming more and more powerful, which is exactly su- what is supposed to happen overall, uh, biblically. And of course, eventually we'll see the Christian side begin to weaken, which I actually personally see myself, the Christians starting to weaken because the darkness is going to begin to take over before God delivers the final blow. And I think we got a long time before we get into that, but.
1: Well, How? depending on you know, we talked about too that we can't predict what what's going to happen in the end end of times because it, it's already going to happen. We just have to wait for it
0: to happen. You gotta wait. Just don't twiddle your thumbs. There is there are things to do out there, folks. You know, a lot of people I know have put up their put up their shields and their swords, if you will. They said, well, the end is here, you know, it's gonna be coming, just let it go. But no, that's, that's not the, that's not what you do, uh, in the book of Ephesians, according to the book of Ephesians, that's not what you do. You pick up your armor, you pick up your, you know, your shield and your sword, you go out and you fight that war until there's no more war to fight, or until you're taken out of the war. Um, and that means simply preaching the good news, preaching the gospel. You know, that's what we're doing here. That's what, you know, that's what I do, uh, as often as I can here on the radio show. I, Justin brings it up as well. You know, we're trying to get the good news out there. Remind you all that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. And without Him, we perish. We all die and we all burn up in hell, uh, for those who don't believe in the Lord. So it's important to know that if you want to be on the winning side of the war, which is happening right now, believe it or not, whether you see it or not, it's happening. If you want to be on the winning side, you gotta put your faith in Jesus Christ. It's the only way you're gonna win. Otherwise, you're just fighting a losing war, a losing battle. So, <clears throat> I think on that note though, we are pretty much at the end of the show. Uh, especially begin to notice it as you start to drift further away from the topic as you talk. <laughs> 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 but, uh, you know, things that need to be talked about anyway, you know, we need to speak of some of these matters, if you will, especially in a time like today. Uh, notes. Anything.
1: Um, next week, we're going to be talking to Harold Hogarth. He's actually a person that uh, got a hold of me on LinkedIn to talk about a haunting that him and his family went through. So that should be pretty interesting. And, you know, if you like listening to Paratrooth Radio, follow us on Spreaker, subscribe on YouTube, and uh, like and share the videos as well. Because that is the only way the, that our show gets out there is if everybody yeah. is sharing their experiences. That's and it. I want to encourage you guys to, uh, if you missed last week's episode, check out The Power of Prayer. It was actually a really interesting episode about research into The Power of Prayer. So I do encourage you guys to check that out as well. Uh, other than that, that's all that I've got. Get
0: close. <laughs> Literally, 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 folks, that's exactly how I closed my speech at Justin's wedding. <laughs> literally said it just like that. I was like, I was going strong, making people laugh, making people boo. At the end, I was just like, uh, that's all, I guess. <laughs> and I passed the mic on. <laughs> Good job for not finishing strong, Eric. Good job.
1: Uh But uh, yeah, that that is the upcoming stuff, and I I don't know. Is there anything else on sleep paralysis that you had? Just it's simple,
0: folks. You know, if you experience or if you have experienced and are afraid of experiencing it again, try to keep calm. Try to relax. You're not gonna die. All right, I'll give you that. Um, God is watching out for you. Demons are always gonna be at your neck. Keep the faith. Keep in prayer. You'll be okay. Just little words of encouragement. Sounds good to me. And let's pray that Justin never experiences it. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I would really rather not. Otherwise, when he does, he'll be on the radio with a little teddy bear in his lap and he curl it out like, oh, my God. It it I it he'll have that Yoda doll sitting behind him in his lap. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, folks. Well, that's the end of the show. As always, my name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we'll catch you all next week. Peace! If you enjoyed this episode of Parachute Radio, and you would like to listen to it again, or are interested in listening to any of our past episodes, then you can listen to them on
1: HD at our website, parachuthradio.com. And you can also find us at Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, iTunes, Spreaker, and YouTube.
0: And of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for brand new updates of our show every day.